0: Section 7 of Theory of Colours. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Deborah Wade, Cambridge, United Kingdom. Theory of Colours by Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. Translated by Charles Eastlake. Part 1, Section 6. Coloured shadows. 62. Before, however, we proceed further, we have yet to observe some very remarkable cases of the vivacity with which the suggested colours appear in the neighbourhood of others. We allude to coloured shadows. To arrive at these, we first turn our attention to shadows that are colourless or negative. 63. A shadow cast by the sun in its full brightness on a white surface gives us no impression of colour it appears black or if a contrary light here assumed to differ only in a degree can act upon it it is only weaker half-lightened grey sixty four two conditions are necessary for the existence of coloured shadows first that the principal light tinge the white surface with some hue secondly that a contrary light illuminate to a certain extent the cast shadow sixty five let a short lighted candle be placed at twilight on a sheet of white paper. Between it and the declining daylight, let a pencil be placed upright, so that its shadow thrown by the candle may be lighted, but not overcome by the weak daylight. The shadow will appear of the most beautiful blue. 66. That this shadow is blue is immediately evident, but we can only persuade ourselves, by some attention, that the white paper acts as a reddish-yellow by means of which the complemental blue is excited in the eye 67 in all coloured shadows therefore we must presuppose a colour excited or suggested by the hue of the surface on which the shadow is thrown this may easily be found to be the case by attentive consideration but we may convince ourselves at once by the following experiment 68 Place two candles at night opposite each other on a white surface. Hold a thin rod between them upright, so that two shadows be cast by it. Take a coloured glass and hold it before one of the lights, so that the white paper appear coloured. At the same moment, the shadow cast by the coloured light and slightly illumined by the colourless one will exhibit the complemental hue. 69. An important consideration suggests itself here to which we shall frequently have occasion to return colour itself is a degree of darkness skipov hence kirche is perfectly right in calling it lumen opacatum as it is allied to shadow so it combines readily with it it appears to us readily in and by means of shadow the moment a suggesting cause presents itself we could not refrain from adverting at once to a fact which we propose to trace and develop hereafter. 70. Select the moment in twilight when the light of the sky is still powerful enough to cast a shadow, which cannot be entirely effaced by the light of a candle. The candle may be so placed that a double shadow shall be visible, one from the candle towards the daylight, and another from the daylight towards the candle. If the former is blue, the latter will appear orange-yellow. This orange-yellow is in fact, however, only the yellow-red light of the candle diffused over the whole paper, and which becomes visible in shadow. 71. This is best exemplified by the former experiment with two candles and coloured glasses. The surprising readiness with which shadow assumes a colour will again invite our attention in the further consideration of reflections and elsewhere seventy two thus the phenomena of coloured shadows may be traced to their cause without difficulty henceforth let any one who sees an instance of the kind observe only with what hue the light surface on which they are thrown is tinged nay the colour of the shadow may be considered as a chromatoscope of the illuminated surface for the spectator may always assume the colour of the light to be the opposite of that of the shadow and by an attentive examination may ascertain this to be the fact in every instance seventy three these appearances have been a source of great perplexity to former observers for as they were remarked chiefly in the open air where they commonly appear blue they were attributed to a certain inherent blue or blue colouring quality in the air the inquirer can however convince himself by the experiment with the candle in a room that no kind of blue light or reflection is necessary to produce the effect in question the experiment may be made on a cloudy day with white curtains drawn before the light and in a room where no trace of blue exists and the blue shadow will be only so much the more beautiful Seventy-four de Saussure, in the description of his ascent of mont blanc says a second remark which may not be uninteresting relates to the colour of the shadows these notwithstanding the most attentive observation we never found dark blue although this had been frequently the case in the plain on the contrary in fifty-nine instances we saw them once yellowish six times pale bluish, eighteen times colourless or black and thirty-four times pale violet some natural philosophers suppose that these colours arise from accidental vapours diffused in the air which communicate their own hues to the shadows not that the colours of the shadows are occasioned by the reflection of any given sky colour or interposition of any given air colour the above observations seem to favour this opinion the instances given by de saussure may now be explained and classed with analogous examples without difficulty at a great elevation the sky was generally free from vapours the sun shone in full force on the snow so that it appeared perfectly white to the eye in this case they saw the shadows quite colourless if the air was charged with a certain degree of vapour in consequence of which the light snow would assume a yellowish tone the shadows were violet-coloured and this effect it appears occurred oftenest they saw also bluish shadows but this happened less frequently and that the blue and violet were pale was owing to the surrounding brightness by which the strength of the shadows was mitigated once only they saw the shadow yellowish in this case as we have already seen the shadow is cast by a colourless light and slightly illuminated by a coloured one Seventy-five. in travelling over the hearts in winter i happened to descend from the brocken towards evening the wide slopes extended above and below me from the heath every insulated tree projecting rock and all masses of both were covered with snow or hoar-frost the sun was sinking towards the Oder ponds during the day owing to the yellowish hue of the snow shadows tending to violet had already been observable these might now be pronounced to be decidedly blue as the illumined parts exhibited a yellow deepening to orange but as the sun at last was about to set and its rays greatly mitigated by the thicker vapours began to diffuse a most beautiful red colour over the whole scene around me the shadow colour changed to a green in lightness to be compared to a sea-green in beauty to the green of the emerald the appearance became more and more vivid one might have imagined oneself in a fairy world for every object had clothed itself in the two vivid and so beautifully harmonising colours till at last as the sun went down the magnificent spectacle was lost in a grey twilight and by degrees in a clear moon and starlight night seventy six one of the most beautiful instances of coloured shadows may be observed during the full moon the candle light and moonlight may be contrived to be exactly equal in force both shadows may be exhibited with equal strength and clearness so that both colours balance each other perfectly a white surface being placed opposite the full moon and the candle being placed a little on one side at a due distance an opaque body is held before the white plane a double shadow will then be seen that cast by the moon and illumined by the candle-light will be a powerful red-yellow and contrariwise that cast by the candle and illumined by the moon will appear of the most beautiful blue the shadow composed of the union of the two shadows where they cross each other is black the yellow shadow cannot perhaps be exhibited in a more striking manner the immediate vicinity of the blue and the interposing black shadow make the appearance more agreeable. It will even be found, if the eye dwells long on these colours, that they mutually evoke and enhance each other, the increasing red in the one still producing its contrast, viz. a kind of sea-green. 77. We are here led to remark that in this, and in all cases, a moment or two may perhaps be necessary to produce the complemental colour the retina must be first thoroughly impressed with the demanding hue before the responding one can be distinctly observable Seventy-eight, when divers are under water and the sunlight shines into the diving bell everything is seen in a red light the cause of which will be explained hereafter while the shadows appear green the very same phenomenon which i observed on a high mountain is presented to others in the depths of the sea, and thus nature throughout is in harmony with herself. 79. Some observations and experiments which equally illustrate what has been stated with regard to coloured objects and coloured shadows may be added here. Let a white paper blind be fastened inside the window on a winter evening. In this blind let there be an opening, through which the snow of some neighbouring roof can be seen towards dusk let a candle be brought into the room the snow seen through the opening will then appear perfectly blue because the paper is tinged with warm yellow by the candle light the snow seen through the aperture is here equivalent to a shadow illumined by a contrary light and may also represent a grey disc on a coloured surface eighty another very interesting experiment may conclude these examples if we take a piece of green glass of some thickness and hold it so that the window bars be reflected in it they will appear double owing to the thickness of the glass the image which is reflected from under the surface of the glass will be green the image which is reflected from the upper surface and which should be colourless will appear red the experiment may be very satisfactorily made by pouring water into a vessel the inner surface of which can act as a mirror, for both reflections may first be seen colourless while the water is pure, and then by tinging it, they will exhibit two opposite hues. End of section seven. Recording by Deborah Wade.